Hey everyone, uh, Pastor Micah here again, uh, coming to you again from my office on a beautiful day. Uh, I pray and uh, believe that you are all doing well. I pray that you're staying safe and staying healthy and uh, uh, staying away from many sick people or coughing and sneezing and all that stuff. But uh, I wanted to take a moment this morning and, and today uh, to start up what I, I used to do, many of you might remember, some of you might remember, we used to do a, a small group in Lifeline called Coffee in the Canon. And the whole idea of that was that we would do, uh, meet at a coffee shop, Pete's Coffee or something like this, and uh, we would just talk about the Bible and just go through the Word of God. So uh, in, many, in many respects, I'm looking at what we're doing with these devotionals uh, in that light. And uh, so in that spirit, I brought my coffee with me this morning and uh, wish I could share uh, with you a cup. Um, this is a, one of my favorite uh, blends. It's from a coffee shop in the city of Long Beach. And uh, I'm not getting paid for advertising, so uh, I don't know if I should share the name, but I will. <laughs> it's a coffee shop down there called Recreational Coffee. It's really good. And uh, this is their uh, African blend. Um, it tastes like milk chocolate and a little bit of strawberry. And uh, so it's really, really good. And uh, if, if you want to come by my office, uh, well, actually, you can come by my office, but you'll have to stay six feet away from me. <laughs> but I'd love to share it with you sometime. That's one of my favorite coffees. Uh, I have to thank Mark Brown uh, at our Lifeline conference and give him credit here. And then also uh, a number of our staff members, Andrew Puentes uh, especially. They, they are the, my, my coffee mentors, if you will. And when Mark Brown was here at our Lifeline conference back in September, he encouraged us to dig deeper in God and in faith and in prayer, but he also challenged us and challenged me in particular uh, to, to expand my coffee horizons. So uh, that's what I've been doing the last few months. Just, you know, I'm interested more in it and um, been appreciating uh, the different coffees that are out there. And uh, so what I've actually been really interested in, in is the roasting process and, and the fresh roasted coffees. And I actually found uh, roastery here in Stockton. Uh, which is one of my, which is really cool because it's, I think it's the only one to my knowledge uh, in Stockton uh, called Trail Coffee. It's downtown and I think they have another, another site over off of Miracle Mile. Um, why don't you uh, shoot me a, a message on Instagram or a post to, to comment. Let me know what, what's, what are some good coffees that I should be trying out. I'd love to, I'd love to know that. I'm always looking for recommendations. Uh, I was on a trip to, um, Oklahoma. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, they had a number of great coffee spots there. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Uh, then again, I was surprised by a lot in Tulsa. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a small little town in the Midwest, the south, southern Midwest, and um, it wasn't. It was actually a pretty big city, so it was pretty cool. Anyway, none of that has anything to do with uh, uh, the canon part. That's all the coffee part. So, um, so that's what I'm drinking this morning. Tastes pretty good. I, I brewed it with um, a French press, so I could have probably done better with my French press technique, but I'm still learning that. If you have any tips on that, let me know. So anyway, uh, coffee in the cannon. Now, why is it called the cannon? Um, so, so as you're probably aware, when you have a, a body of literature, that means a, a certain group of writings, uh, this is also known as the canon of scripture or a canon of writings. So for instance, if uh, we look at Shakespeare's writings, we look at all the plays that he wrote, the poetry that he wrote, uh, you would say everything that, that Shakespeare wrote 
that is his canon of, of writings. And so anyone else that, that mimicked or was a pseudographer of or someone that pretended to be Shakespeare, those aren't a part of, of the canon of Shakespeare, but, but just the ones that he wrote. So in terms of the scripture, you'll oftentimes hear this phrase, uh, canon, because it's referring, to, it's referring to people, I'm sorry, no, it's referring to a group of books that are recognized as the canon, the authorized, the authoritative uh, selections and books that belong in your Bible. So let's just say you got a Bible that had books in it that said, perhaps you can find it online or, or something like this, or even on like a Bible program. Uh, which some of you are probably using like version Bible right now, and that's good. Um, inside of that, there's, there's might be a trans, might, might be one of the translations that says King James Version with the Apocrypha. And so what that means is the Apocrypha is a group of books that what, what most Protestant Christianity for sure uh, would call a non-canonical books. And what that means is again, that uh, what that means is that those books don't belong inside of the canon, the authoritative uh, portion of scripture. So you, you'd see books in there like uh, the, the Maccabees, first and second Maccabees, you might, might, might not know how to pronounce that, like Maccabi, <laughs> no, Maccabees. And, and, or you might see the Gospel of Thomas in there, Shepherd of Hermes, and there's some others. Uh, these are what we would call non-canonical, meaning they do not belong in the canon of scripture. So, so when I, when I say canon, I'm referring to the actual Bible, right? And I could just say Bible, but Bible and coffee doesn't sound as good as, or, or Bible and coffee doesn't sound as good as coffee and canon. So, you know, kind of catchy. Maybe we'll start with C's just in case you didn't catch that, right? But, but canon isn't referring to a, a boom canon. It's referring to uh, the, the selected writings that we, what we look at as being the authority uh, God's holy word, God's speaking to his people. And that's important. That's important because uh, there, there are, there are uh, references. There are points in the scripture where some of the writers, like Paul and Jude and other places, they would refer to some of these, uh, what we, again, non-canonical books. Uh, they would refer to them, but they were using them as sources, not, there was, was not necessarily as scripture. And that's, and that's, a, that's a, a big deal. Like I have a lot of books, like I'm doing this in, in my office and I have a lot of books on my shelf. Well, these are, these are sources, but they're not scripture. And that's important to remember. So if you have a, if you have a good study Bible there that you're using, remember that, that all those, those study notes that you have, they're great, they're wonderful, they're helpful, but they're not scripture, right? So what scripture is the actual uh, words that appear in the block and that's, that's the canon, okay? So coffee in the canon, uh, just in case you know, want to catch that. <laughs> but today, what I, what I wanted to share with you uh, briefly, and I, I'm, these videos are not going to be too long, uh, what I wanted to share with you is the, uh, this idea, I've been reading through the, not the Gospels, I'm reading through the Old Testament, and I got to the book, uh, I'm, I'm just about done with the book of Deuteronomy, and a few different phrases came out to me, uh, jumped out to me again, which, I've, which has happened before. Uh, and, and so I want to point you to Deuteronomy chapter 29. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me. Uh, Deuteronomy 29. And, and before I get there, let me say that, so Deuteronomy is an interesting book because uh, it's what we would call a renewal covenant. It's, it's basically repeating 
in Deuteronomy what's been said in the first four books of the Bible, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It's repeating it now in the fifth book. And so a lot of times when you're reading through Deuteronomy, it's like, man, where have I read this before? Well, you, you read it. You just read it a few books ago, right? Uh, and it's, it's, it's like that on purpose. It's designed to be uh, a renewal or a remembering. Uh, the word remember shows up. I should know this. Uh, I didn't, obviously, I'm not like really preparing for these. I'm just kind of, you know, you and I having a conversation. But you could, you could go, I could quickly search. But it comes up a number of times. I don't know how many times. I think it's just somewhere in one of my Bible college notes somewhere, but uh, it comes up a number of times. I don't want to give a number because it's probably going to be way off, but a number of times uh, it, it, it shows up. So uh, to remember, and, that, and that's key. That, that means that it is a, 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 a document that was designed for people to remember what God did to, to renew the covenant that God did with them. But so when you get to, to chapter eight, it makes a statement, then it makes the same statement again in, in chapter 29. And I found this to be helpful, especially during this time that we have together during this weird season of life. And in chapter 29, uh, let's just read starting in verse two. Now Moses called all Israel and said to them, you have seen that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his lands the great trials which your eyes have seen, the signs and those great wonders. Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. In verse five, and I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Now, this, this, this passage really spoke to me because what it's saying is when, when he refers to the, the, the drinking, when he refers to the, the clothes and the sandals, what he's saying here is that you don't even realize what God's doing for you. You don't realize it. Like God, God hasn't let you really see how, how miraculous this has been. Your, your eyes have been on the problems, the, 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 the wandering in the wilderness. He's talking to Israel, obviously. here. Uh, they're wandering in the wilderness. They, they're, they're without a, a land. They, they had to leave Egypt behind. They left everything behind. And they, 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 they left their, where they were living behind. And they went out into a land that they were supposed to be flowing with milk and honey. But they get to the desert and they're like, this is terrible. We don't have any water. We don't have any food. Uh, what are we going to do? And they start complaining. And Moses is saying, look, God brought you to this place. You haven't drank. You haven't had your, 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 your drink. You haven't, you know, bought new clothes down at Old Navy. You haven't, you didn't get to go down to the, to the food market. You didn't go to, you know, steakhouses. But yet, you haven't had all those things. But yet, look it, you are still surviving. And God, he says, he says, that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. And so what's, what's the saying? Uh, during this time and this season, it's like, it's really jumped out to me because everything's changed. Life has changed. How, how we do life has changed. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not doing life normal right now, but just like the Israelites, they're, they're in the wilderness, they're, they're, Life was not normal for them. 
Life was turned upside down. Yet God preserved the Israelites down to the water that they were drinking, the manna that came from God, the quail that fell for them to eat, even the direction, the pillar of fire by night, cloud by day, even down, and what I find is so awesome, down to the sandals on their feet. The scripture says that your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. That means that God preserved their clothes. He preserved their shoes. He took care of the most, almost the most insignificant thing that you could think of, like clothes. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was thinking about uh, in another video I shared, you know, I'm getting all these emails from all these different companies. It's like every place that I've ever shopped at, right? And you're probably getting them too. And they all want you to know what they're doing uh, for this COVID-19. What's interesting is all, a lot of these shops are closing down. And, and what's, what was interesting to me is like, <laughs> I guess we don't need Old Navy open. I guess we don't need JCPenney open. I guess Dick's Sporting Goods can close down, you know? Like, we don't need any, you know, I don't, I'm not going to need any new uh, basketball shoes, you know, during this time, I guess. But you stop and think about that, and I was thinking about it as well. It's like, well, I guess it's non-essential. But even what, even for the Israelites in the wilderness, they, they, they didn't need clothes and they didn't need sandals because God provided for them. And I just find this so uh, reassuring that no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on in the world with this virus and whatever and how weird it is and everything, no matter what's going on, God is going to take care of us. God's not going to leave us. God's not going to forsake us. He's not going to forget about us. He's going to take care of us, even to the point. He's going to make sure that we're fed. He's going to make sure that we have water. And not only that, he's going to make sure that our clothes don't run out or our clothes don't wear out. He's going to take care of everything he has thought about. He has planned it. He, it's all in his hands. God is in control. And, and, and that's seen throughout the story of the Israelites, but it's seen over and over again in the Bible. So I want to encourage you this morning and uh, to meditate on this, on this passage, Deuteronomy 29, and just the story of Israel. And you can, I would say during this time, you should be reading your Bible, um, making it a part of your daily uh, routine, if it isn't already there, and it should be there. But uh, this is a great time uh, to, to hit that reset button. And and um, make some deeper commitments to God, to, to study his word, to know his word. So, so I, I pray that was helpful to you. Let me know what you think. Uh, uh, comment below and, and let me know. Again, uh, make sure to stay in tune with, with uh, well, God, for sure. But stay connected to uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram. Um, stay connected. Post, comment, interact with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you need anything, I'm in my office. I'll be here uh, 8 to 5. I'll be, I'll be available to you. Uh, feel free to call in, text me, uh, email me, reach out to me, do whatever you got to do. If you do come, if you do come to my office, you can stand outside of the window and we can talk through the window. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can, you can come, come on down, but, uh, you know, obviously stay safe and, and we're praying for you. Uh, if you need anything, you know, we're here for you. We love you. Have a good day. All right.